Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope. I'm Dave Reagan, Senior Evangelist for Lamb and Lion Ministries. Over the past few weeks, we have been talking with you about a very great prophetic event that's going to occur sometime soon, namely the rapture of the church. In our first program, we considered the meaning of the rapture. And in that program, we found that it is the biblical promise that one day soon Jesus will appear in the heavens at the shout of an archangel and the blowing of a trumpet. And when that occurs, the dead and living in Christ will meet him in the sky and return to heaven with him. This is the teaching of 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning with verse 13. In our second program, we considered the difference between the rapture and the second coming. In that program, we saw that the second coming will be quite different from the rapture. At the rapture, Jesus appears in the heavens. At the second coming, he returns to earth. At the rapture, he appears as a deliverer for his church, whereas at the second coming, he returns as a warrior with his church. At the rapture, Jesus appears in love as a bridegroom coming for his bride, the church, whereas at the second coming, Jesus returns in glory and majesty to reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. In our last program, we took a look at the timing of the rapture. We saw that this is a very controversial question. Some believe it will happen in the middle of the tribulation. Some believe it will occur in conjunction with the second coming. We concluded from our study that the best inference of Scripture is that it's most likely to occur before the tribulation begins. In this program, we are going to conclude our consideration of the rapture by taking a look at its aftermath. In other words, what will the world be like after the rapture occurs? Let's go to our studio where I have two prophecy experts waiting to discuss this topic. I'm delighted to have in the studio with me today uh, two colleagues who are real experts on Bible prophecy. One is my associate, uh, Dennis Pollock, here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, and the other is Gary Fisher, who is the founder and director of Lion of Judah Ministries in Franklin, Tennessee. Dennis, it's always good to have you at my side. Well, thank you, Dave. That's the only place I'd want to be. <laughs> and uh, Gary, I tell you, we are really honored and privileged to have you here all the way from the great state of Tennessee. Thank you, Dave. It's great to be here and work with you guys again. You know, uh, I uh, did some research one time, uh, Gary, and discovered that uh, Texas was populated by people from Tennessee. Just about everybody originally settled in this state came from Tennessee, and all of them were running from the law. Now, I hope that's not your situation as not you come today. Not the case with me, although I did run from the Lord for 20 years. I'm not running from the law. So. Well, good. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Well, gentlemen, our uh, topic is the aftermath of the rapture. And I'd like to get into this topic by asking you a question. And the question is, who's going to go in the rapture? Mm -hmm. Will it be everyone who's on a church roll, everybody who's a church member? Uh, will it be uh, some sort of super saints who maybe know something that other people don't know or have some gift that other people don't have? Or will it just be, say, all sincere people who really are sincere about seeking the Lord? Who is going in the rapture? Well, Dave, that's a good question. You know, a lot of people don't realize that there's not a big, long, long passage that gives all the definitive answers in any one place. There's a couple good, strong passages about the rapture. But you find terms like, uh, we who are alive and remain, in the classic 1 Thessalonians 4 passage that says, we who are alive and remain are going to be caught up. Well, who was the we Paul was talking about? 
obviously he was talking about Christians. Those Christians that were alive and were still around uh, at the point of the rapture are going to be the ones that are going to go. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And he said, I'm going to come again. Well, place for who? Place for you, that is the disciples. So uh, traditional Christian theology has always said it's going to be those that have been born again, those that belong to Jesus Christ. Well, that raises another question, though, and that is that if you were to go out in America today and ask people on the street, are you a Christian, 85% or more of Americans <laughs> would say yes. Is 85% of Americans going out in yeah. rapture? Well, actually, in Texas, it'd be more like 95%. <laughs> I know. I go out and pass out tracts, and it's, it's hard to find someone to admit they're not a Christian. Well, but, uh, yeah, you're right. A lot of people think they're Christians, but the Bible indicates clearly you have to have a born-again experience. And so it's going to be those that have truly experienced Jesus Christ, not just on a church role or uh, necessarily making a profession, but their life doesn't uh, show it, but it's going to be those that truly know Jesus Christ. you have anything to add to that, Gary? Well, I think one of the key uh, scriptures to understanding this is the classic there that he started on in 1 Thessalonians, uh, verse 16, 17, or rather 16, excuse me, uh, the Lord himself descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ. Mm -hmm. Those in Christ will go in the rapture. And those are people who have been born again, both yes. living and dead. Yes. And I want to emphasize that because I have actually had people look me in the eye and say, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm not one of those born-again Christians. <laughs> now, what, how do they convict themselves when they say that? Because what did Jesus say? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I ran into a guy exactly in that situation. In fact, I asked him, are you born again? He said, well, my church doesn't believe in being born again. <laughs> then I confronted him with the scripture right. where Jesus said, you must be born again. And well, he couldn't back off from that altogether. So he said, well, let's put it this way. We don't believe the way you believe. Well, I just met the guy. I was, I was out trying to tell people about Jesus. But he, I guess he figured anybody that's going to go around telling people you've got to be born again can't believe the way he does. <laughs> I don't know. So the point here is that the people who are going out in the rapture are going to be those people who have truly been born again, who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Not just sincere people, not just people who have been born into a Christian family, yes. not just people who have their name on a church roll. In fact, I think there's going to be a lot of people in churches that day after the rapture, right. or a few days after the rapture. Now, this leads to another question. What about Old Testament saints? How about those who uh, died in a faith relationship with God before the cross of Jesus Christ? Will those people be going out in the rapture? No. Uh, Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, Daniel indicates that his people would go clear through the end of the seven-year tribulation, and they would be resurrected at the end of that time. So, the rapture occur, uh, uh, refers to only the saints in the church. Yes, yes, it's a promise of the bride of Christ, to the bride of Christ. He right. is the bridegroom, the church is his bride. And this comes, I might say, as a great shock to a lot of people. Even people know the Bible well, they've just never really thought about that, that Old Testament saints are not part of the bride of Christ. Right. And I think you're right. It clearly indicates in Daniel 12 that the Old Testament saints will be resurrected at the end of the tribulation, Amen. along with tribulation martyrs who will also exactly be resurrected right. at that right. particular time, correct? Yes. Okay. Amen. Now, if a person is watching and is not sure whether or not he or she will be taken out in the rapture, let's say the rapture occurred today because the rapture could occur any time. Now, let's assume that somebody's watching right now who is not really certain whether they would be taken out or not. What would you say to that person? Well, what they need to do, Dave, is they need to experience Jesus Christ. It, it's kind of like the people that you say, well, are you sure you would go to heaven if you die? There are many people that say, I'm a Christian, I go to church, but if you really pin them down, they'd say, well, I'm not certain I'd go to heaven. And they're, they're the same way with the rapture. 
and basically amounts to one thing, and that is putting your entire faith upon the person and the work of Jesus Christ, not depending on a church, not depending on good works, but upon Jesus Christ himself. Having done that, then it amounts to taking God at his word. Yes. Some people, the problem is that they're ready to commit themselves to Christ, but they're thinking, well, if I do, would he really accept me? Would I really be okay? What if the rapture came on a bad day and I wasn't doing so well? And that gets down to the issue of justification. The fact that when you truly put your, the weight of your faith on Jesus Christ, you will be justified, even if you've just had a bit of an argument with your wife over how lousy she cooked dinner, you're still going to go on the rapture if you truly belong to Jesus Christ. You know, you're, you're describing me because I, I, I went to church for 30 years in a very legalistic uh, church, and uh, the last thing in the world I wanted to see, even though I went to church, every time the door was open, was see Jesus Christ come. Because I yeah. figured he was up there watching me behind a cloud. He's going to wait till I committed the worst sin in my yeah. life and come at that moment. Because I believed I had to earn my salvation. I had to work my way to heaven. And I did not know anything about the grace of God. And I'll never forget when I discovered Romans 8, verse 1, which says, There is therefore now no condemnation yeah. for those who are in Christ Jesus. And boy, I started jumping to pews and hanging from the chandeliers because I realized I'm saved by grace and not by my works. Yeah, the sad thing is a lot of preachers add to this whole issue uh, by using it as a club to try to get people to, to hold the line, which it should be a motivation. But when you get to the point where you say you're going to lose your salvation if you, if you do the least little thing wrong and it comes at that point, uh, you're missing really the point of, of justification by faith. Right, right. Well, gentlemen, let me ask you this. What is likely to be the impact of the uh, rapture upon the world and upon the United States in particular? Chaos. Yeah. Chaos. Chaos. The uh, United States of America is a country that boasts of probably more born-again Christians than any nation in the world. Uh, and at the rapture, those people are removed from the earth. If that were to occur today, more than likely, it would, uh, it would pull the uh, president and maybe the vice president and others in dignitary positions uh, and maybe half of the population of the United States. It would render the United States impotent. Uh, in the world scene. Yeah, the word that comes to my mind is dysfunctional. We would have a dysfunctional nation. Of course, we wouldn't. We'll be gone, but there would be a dysfunctional nation. Uh, another thought a lot of people don't realize is you're going to have entire households that are gone. You're going to have empty houses. You're going to have businesses, small businesses at least, that may have no one there. There's going to be an incredible amount of looting going on, yes, yeah. uh, crime. You know, people will take advantage of those situations. People uh, very insecure. Uh, it will absolutely be the worst day for those left behind that our nation has ever seen. Chaos, dysfunctional, uh, breakdown of society, particularly in a country like the United States, because as you said, Gary, uh, we, we, we probably have more born-again Christians in America right now than all of Western Europe and England put together. And uh, the United States would just be absolutely devastated by that. In fact, that may be one of the reasons that we're not mentioned in end-time Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. Another thing about this issue is that Second Thessalonians chapter 2 says there's a great restrainer in the world today. Yes. And many Bible prophecy teachers believe that that restrainer is working inside the church. If the church is removed, restraining evil on the world, the next thing this scripture says is the Antichrist will be revealed. Yes. So there's chaos, and then if that's not enough, here comes this Antichrist guy mm-hmm. who's going to terrorize the world. So terror and chaos are, are, are going to be on the well, earth. Well, I can just see him stepping into that situation and saying, hey, I've got the answer to all the problems. There's no reason for this lawlessness, this chaos, whatever. The world, uh, I've got the answer. Mm. And in fact, a lot of people are going to have answers, not only the Antichrist, but others. There's going to be a lot of explanations of the rapture. 
Now, now stop and think about that for a moment. People just disappear out of cars, out of, <laughs> out of airplanes. Uh, you're sitting and talking to somebody. They disappear. What kind of explanations could people give for that other than the biblical one that they've been taken out by the Lord? I, I have labored over this issue as a Bible prophecy student. I, I just, I, I'm working very hard to try to come up with a reason that the world will believe. <laughs> uh, but they, there, there will be uh, many explanations, I'm sure. sure. But and I, remember I the Bible out. says the end times will be a time of deception. So there will be explanations and people will be deceived into accepting those explanations yes. instead of what really happened. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, Paul talks about uh, those that suppress the truth and unrighteousness to suppress or to hold down the truth. The obvious explanation is that the Bible was true after all. You <laughs> right. know, God took his people exactly as he said he would. Amen. But there, there's going to be a lot of people. too obvious, yeah. too simple. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of people that do not want to believe that. They do oh, not yeah. want to believe they've been left behind the the fanatics were right after all, you know, the, the fundamentalists and so forth. Well, I tell you what, I, I can just imagine uh, three days after the rapture as people are kind of getting over the initial shock and beginning to try to put two and two together. I can just imagine an interview on the streets of Dallas uh, with, you know, just the man on the street going something like this. Excuse me, ma'am. I'm a national radio correspondent seeking the opinions of people regarding the great disappearance. Would you mind telling me your idea of what happened? Oh, I don't know. I just don't know. It's just all so bewildering. But I'm just praising God that none of my family is missing, but some of my neighbors are. I tell you, my husband has an opinion on everything. Why don't you ask him? Okay. So what do you think, sir? Well, I think it's a result of some government experiment that went haywire. You remember back in the 40s and 50s when the feds injected people with radioactive solutions? Some people went crazy and some even died. I think it's something like that. Our son says it's spaceships that zapped him up into space. Yeah, you remember like on Star Trek, how they used to beam me up, Scotty? Bzzz. Well, I think, I still think it's the feds that are involved in it. Well, excuse me, but I think your son is right on target, mister. What's that? I said your son is right on target. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean anybody's got two bits worth of sense knows that it's aliens. Aliens? Yeah, space aliens. All those feds and people in Washington have been laughing at all the UFO sightings all this time. I'm telling you, the chickens have come home to roost. They're here, and they're bound and determined to take over our planet. <laughs> well, uh, I, you know, I have no difficulty believing that uh, people will come up with theories like oh. uh, government conspiracies and space aliens, but do you think anybody would really believe those things? Dave, they're going to be grasping at straws. You know, the, the thought that came to my mind as I was watching that clip was, can you imagine what's going to be flashing back and forth on the Internet as oh. people are going to be constantly coming up with this idea and that idea? The, the conspiracy theorists wow. will run oh, them up. They will Amen. be going Absolutely crazy. Absolutely going crazy. <laughs> sure. But I tell you, I think there's going to be a better explanation out there that a lot of people will buy. And that is the explanation that has been given for a long time, ever since the early 70s, by the New Age movement. You're familiar with the New Age movement. Uh, tell sure me, tell am. us briefly, what, what is their explanation of what's going to happen? Well, the New Age movement has believed that the people that are traditional, fundamental Christians are holding back the evolution of the planet. And uh, they think that at some point, or at least some of them have been saying, that they're going to be taken out of the way so that the, the true believers can go forward in a quantum leap in evolutionary uh, progress. Well, along that line, I can just imagine the head of the New Age movement being the strange person he would have to be, uh, <laughs> holding a press conference and saying to the nation something like this. Let's see if I can make this as simple as possible. Now, we've been teaching for many years that 
the evolutionary progress of humankind has reached its limit because of the resistance of those who are determined to live by faith or tradition rather than yielding themselves to the supremacy of human reason. For over 30 years, we have had teachers saying that the spirit guides they're in touch with, we call these entities the masters of the universe, that these spirit guides have been saying that they would soon remove from the earth all those who insist on living by faith or tradition, these fanatical fundamentalists, if you will, they would remove them from the earth, and uh, that would enable the evolutionary progress of mankind to continue toward its goal of ultimate perfection, at which point we would become one with the universe and experience the full potential of the God power that's within us all. Now, that's why we don't like to call this event the great disappearance, as so many are calling it. No, we rather consider it the great cleansing. You see, as we see it, what has happened is the earth has been cleansed of those, shall we say, undesirable elements, so that those of us who are superior can continue on at a much more rapid rate toward perfection under the guidance of our spirit masters. Well, <laughs> I tell you, fellas, I, I, Gary, now let me ask you something. Did that guy look suspicious to you? I mean, did, did somebody you might know? He was an extremely cool dude, but he did look very familiar. Well, I don't know, Dennis. He was kind of echoing what you had said. But well, I, mean, uh, I tell you, I was just wondering how they got Tom Cruise to come and participate oh. in that particular <laughs> episode. I don't know. But. Well, well, I tell you, that, what he had to say, I'm afraid many people are really going to buy to get serious about this, because I think they are. Sure. I, I think that it just sounds so, so reasonable, you know, that this would be what happened. Instead of thinking in supernatural terms instead of God, you think about in supernatural terms instead of masters of the universe right. and, and the demonic. But you know, uh, the, the other uh, explanation that uh, I can imagine would be the one that uh, would uh, religious leaders would try to give. Think of Christian leaders, major Christian leaders who have not been taken in the rapture and who are trying to come up with some explanation of what happened. Uh, I, I could imagine, for example, the world, the head of the World Council of Churches being interviewed at the United Nations and, and uh, saying to the world something like this. Uh, welcome to our program, Reverend Watson. Thank you, Mr. Morgan. It is good to be with you. I appreciate this opportunity to help in trying to stem the uh, widespread hysteria that has gripped the world. Reverend Watson, as a world-renowned Christian leader as yourself, uh, how could you speak to the rumor that what has happened is a rapture of the church as uh, spoken in the uh, Christian scriptures? I would be delighted to deal with that idea. It is, of course, uh, totally absurd. Uh, and I can prove that very easily. No, well, how would you do that? By the mere fact that you're sitting here talking to me. I am, after all, one of the foremost Christian leaders in the world today. Uh, if the church has been raptured, then why am I still here? <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, tell me, uh, what is the meaning of all this talk about the rapture? Uh, what is the meaning in the concept of Christian theology? You will not find it in Christian theology. Um, no theologian worth mentioning has ever endorsed the idea. It has long been the fantasy of a small group of um, so-called evangelical Christians who have taken one obscure passage from the writings of Paul and interpreted it literally to mean that one day the church would be supernaturally taken out of the world. The whole idea is absurd. Paul was simply speaking of the rapturous delight which the soul experiences when a person discovers God. That can happen to anyone, uh, Buddhist, Jew, Muslim, Christian, or, or Hindu. After all, God has revealed himself in many ways. 
How would you respond to the contention uh, of the leaders of the New Age movement that what we have experienced is a cleansing of the earth by what is called the masters of the universe? Well, of course, we have great respect uh, for the New Age leaders. We even voted recently to incorporate their new Mother Earth Church into the World Council of Churches. But on this point, I think they are way off base. No one in the leadership of the World Council can accept the idea of supernatural spirits of any kind directing the affairs of humankind. Uh, like our brothers and sisters in the New Age movement, we endorse the supremacy of human reason. But unlike them, um, we endorse it with no exceptions. And that certainly excludes the idea of any supernatural force that uh, is guiding the affairs of this planet in any way. What then is your explanation of this great disappearance? Well, the World Council has not issued uh, any official explanation. We're still waiting for all of the data to be assembled. We have full confidence in the scientific community, and we believe that when all the data is compiled, a very rational and sensible explanation will emerge. We have great faith in science. Thank you, Reverend Watson. Well, that's uh, rather sad. Uh, do you uh, really imagine that uh, that could be a believable scenario? Well, sadly, Dave, it's very easy to imagine that. From what we know about liberal Christianity, the World Council of Churches, uh, they are going to be saying something just like that after the rapture occurs. How about you, Gary? Well, what's alarming is that there are teachers out there saying it now, so it's well, very easy to believe they'd be saying it after the rapture. You hit the nail on the head. Well, let me just kind of shift gears for a moment and ask you another question, and that is, uh, do you think that the rapture itself could result in many people being saved in response, let's say, to the event? Will some people come to know the Lord? Well, there's no doubt about it. I think uh, there's going to be one of the greatest turnings to Christ uh, the world has ever seen after the rapture. Uh, there are going to be a lot of people, despite all the explanations, that are going to know deep in their heart, this is God. This is what Grandma talked about. Uh, this is what uh, Christians have preached about. Uh, and even those that don't know the theology of the rapture yes. are going to say, hey, this has to be the hand of God. Uh, and it's amazing what traumatic events do. They tend to push people either away from God or toward God. Right. And there's going to be a lot that will be hard. In fact, the majority will. But there'll be a number that will come to Jesus Christ. And I think it'll be a, a time. You know, you, you read in Revelation, a lot of people say, well, will there be Christians in, in the tribulation? Revelation describes the tribulation. Absolutely. There will be Christians there, but they won't be this current batch. There'll be yeah. a new batch that'll come people after the rapture. People who are saved after the rapture, yes. right? Uh, yeah. You agree? Oh, I agree fully. Uh, I don't think today that we understand the impact of what will actually occur at the rapture. Millions of people just yeah. gone. Uh, and and it, it is going to be one of the most alarming uh, incidences that ever has occurred on the earth. This ministry has produced a tape called The Great Disappearance, and this has been one of the most successful tapes we've ever produced. It uh, begins with a, a simulation by professional actors of what it's going to be like three days after the uh, rapture. And then it moves into... Uh, about uh, a 45-minute teaching that I give about what is the rapture, when is it most likely to happen, all of it based on Bible. And then it concludes with a testimony by one of our trustees of this ministry who's gone on to be with the Lord, incidentally, since this tape was made. Uh, he was a man who was a uh, tough-living uh, guy who uh, uh, didn't know anything about God until he was 55 years old, accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, completely transformed his life. And he tells about this on this tape and tells people what they must do in order to become a Christian. This tape is free of charge, and we're willing to send it to anyone who will write and call us, and we will tell you in a few moments how you can get in touch with this ministry so that you can get a copy of this tape. Well, we only have a few minutes left, in fact, just about a minute and a half. So let me just very quickly ask you this. 
Uh, some people argue that uh, only those uh, can be saved after the rapture who have never heard the gospel beforehand. Uh, what do you think about that? Will, it, will those be the only ones who can be saved or not? <laughs> well, David, you're asking us to deal with a very complicated theological issue in a minute and a half. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know that we can do that, but but uh, you're right. There, that is a theory that is around. It's based on a passage in Second Thessalonians that yeah. talks about uh, the world rejecting God, re- uh, not receiving the love of the right. truth, and therefore God right. will send them a strong delusion. Uh, do you apply that specifically, meaning that if you've ever heard the gospel? Uh, I'm not convinced of that, but okay. uh, it, it's certainly something to think about. Gary, you have anything to say about it? Well, the Scripture, verse 11, for this reason God will send upon them, I'm reading 2 Thessalonians 2, 11, for this reason God will send upon them deluding influence so they might believe what is false in order they may all be judged who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness. The implications of this are very strong. And the setting is, is the uh, appearance of the Antichrist. Yes. So uh, there, there is a biblical basis for that position, although the particular scripture there is not crystal clear. I, I, I guess my position on it is that I certainly wouldn't want to assure anyone absolutely that if they've heard the gospel now and then the rapture occurs that they will be able to respond afterwards. I hope that will be the case, and it could very well be. But the important thing is to respond to the gospel now uh, while uh, there is still an opportunity. That's for sure. Uh, because a rapture, as we pointed out in our last program, can occur any moment, uh, and we are living on borrowed time. Amen. As we bring our program to a close today, I want to emphasize to you that the rapture is an event that could occur any moment, whereas there are many prophecies that must be fulfilled before Jesus returns to this earth. There is not one prophecy that has to be fulfilled before the rapture occurs. Again, the rapture is an event that could happen any moment. If it were to occur today, would you be ready? Would Jesus appear as your blessed hope or as your holy terror? Next week, the Lord willing, we are going to begin a series of programs about the signs of the times that point to the soon return of Jesus. Until then, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.